this morning. Let me uh, read uh, our scripture today. Our text is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, beginning in verse 10. Jesus called the crowd to him and he said, listen and understand, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. And then the disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from that village came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. And Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. The word of God for the people of God. Now, the people of Jesus' day were very particular about what they ate. And it had nothing to do with the latest fad diet or doctor's orders. It was a part of their religious faith. The Old Testament law said there were certain foods that you could not eat, that God forbid you to eat them. And so they felt it was a part of their faith and their dedication to God to not eat these certain foods. And so a part, to them, it was a part of being faithful, just like coming to church or reading your Bible or anything else we do that we think is a part of our faith, not eating these foods fit right in that category. It was just something they did not do. And so it's hard for us to imagine how shocking it was when Jesus said, it's not what you put in your mouth that defiles you. It's what comes out. I mean, that was shocking to them. They, they had never heard anything like that. And of course, you know, way back then in New Testament times, you couldn't say anything about politics or religion without somebody getting offended. So uh, fortunately, you know, it's not like that anymore. But back, <laughs> but back then, you had to be really careful. And so the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Do you know the Pharisees are offended? And what you just said. Uh, and it's, it's my personal belief at this point that Jesus rolled his eyes and said, uh, leave him alone. 
And I think he did the hand motion too. Leave him alone. Let him go. The blind leading the blind, they'll fall into a ditch. And then Peter, uh, with that um, Harrison Ford confused look on his face, <laughs> wanted Jesus to explain to them exactly what he meant by that. And I love the way that uh, Clarence Jordan uh, translates it in the Cotton Patch version of the Gospels. Uh, Peter says, bust open the comparison for us. And uh, so, so Jesus, I think, sounds a little irritated. Uh, he says, you still don't get it. Following rules and laws about whether you eat shrimp and catfish is not as important to God as what's in your heart. And I am so glad he said that. Amen. Because I love shrimp and catfish. <laughs> And Jesus didn't specifically say shrimp and catfish, but they were on the list uh, in that Old Testament law that you were not allowed to eat them. And, and Jesus said, don't, don't you understand that once you eat food, it goes in the digestive system and it's gone. But what comes out of the heart, our words and our actions, they can do harm that lasts for a long, long time. They can cause pain that doesn't just go away. So Jesus said, it's not what you put in your mouth, but it's what comes out of your mouth that can defile you. Because what comes out of our mouth comes from our heart. And, and that's what we have to guard. We have to guard our heart. And he lists these things like murder and adultery and lying and theft. All of those are violations of the Ten Commandments. We should be more concerned about what comes out of our mouths than what goes into our mouths because we're not corrupted from, from we're not corrupted from without we're corrupted from within and then Jesus said the same goes for rituals of hand washing as well and I do want to address this for just a moment because Jesus was not anti-hand washing or as I like to call it pro-plague um <laughs> Jesus didn't say you shouldn't wash your hands. He was talking about this ritual that they had, that they would go through. It was this religious ritual of how they washed their hands and arms in a certain way before they ate that was supposed to show how religious they were. And it comes from Leviticus, and originally it was only applied to the priests, but, you know, what's good for the priest is good for the parishioner. And so pretty soon everybody was doing it just to show how religious they were. And Jesus said, you know, that, that, that doesn't, the way you do this ritual is not what makes you faithful to God. Um, and that's what Jesus was talking about. So wash your hands. So then Jesus told him, you know, and us, don't put tradition and legalism above the clear moral teaching of the scripture like the parable Jesus told in Luke's gospel about the Good Samaritan, the priest and the Levite, because they didn't want to violate any of their religious traditions, left the man dying in the ditch. But it was the Samaritan who, because he had compassion and love for the man, went over and helped him. And Jesus said, that's the point, is that it's love and following love, not following religious tradition that God cares about the most. It's love, not only for God, but for others that should be our guide instead of following a set of rules. So it's what's on the menu of your heart that makes the difference. 
Jesus said our faith is not about what we leave off the menu. It's about whether or not love is on the menu. And then Jesus left and he went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And it was a Gentile region. There were a lot of Jews living there, but it was mostly a Gentile place. And I believe the reason Jesus went there was because Jesus was already a little irritated. You can tell in that previous story, Jesus needed a break. He needed rest. He needed to just get away and have a little peace and quiet for a while. I think I understand exactly what is going on. When I was a child, I would sometimes burst exuberantly into the room where my mother was sitting in a chair reading, and she wouldn't say a word. She would just lift her arm and point toward the door. <laughs> and I knew what that meant. I was banished to the yard where I would stay while she had a little peace and quiet. Now, as a child, I didn't understand that. But as an adult, I do. You know, sometimes you just get tired. Even of doing good things, you just get tired. And you just need a break. I mean, have you ever really thought about what Jesus' life was like? Everywhere he went, people wanted something from him. They wanted him to heal them. They wanted him to do some miracle. They wanted him to make the blind see, make the lame walk, make the deaf hear. Oh, we followed you out here in the desert and we didn't plan ahead. We don't have any food. So could you feed all of us with a kid's meal? Jesus, let me tell you what you can do for me. And every time he spoke, it seemed like the disciples didn't get it. And the Pharisees were offended. Because rabbis shouldn't talk about politics, you know. So the way I see it, Jesus was tired. He was tired he had, of, of all the needs that everybody had. He just wanted a break. He wanted a little rest. And so he got out of the place where all the Israelites were. And he got away into to Gentile territory where people would leave him alone. And then this Canaanite woman, this non-Jewish woman, came running up to Jesus and he wanted, and again, like everybody else, she wanted Jesus to do something for her, to heal her daughter. And at first, the Bible says Jesus ignored her. Now that does not sound like Jesus. It just doesn't sound like Jesus. And then the disciples came to him and he said, listen, you're going to have to do something with this woman. She won't stop following us and she won't shut up. And so Jesus said to her, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Again, that does not sound like Jesus. Jesus didn't normally talk like that. But she just kept pleading, I need your help, Jesus. And so then he said, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Wow. That really doesn't sound like Jesus. I'm thinking maybe Jesus should have had one of those bracelets on. His would have been a little different. His would have been WWID. What, what would I do? And maybe it would have reminded him to act a little more like Jesus. 
Because this is nothing like what Jesus normally did. And so, you know, scholars have tried to explain Jesus' rude behavior. There are three main ways that people interpret this verse in this context. The first one is to just simply say it didn't happen this way. Jesus would never treat anyone that way. And so Matthew just got it wrong, and it never really happened that way. A second way of explaining it is to point out that the Greek word that's used for dogs is in the diminutive. And so that means it was more like a household pet, um, which means Jesus was what Jesus said was more like uh, even Fluffy doesn't eat at the table with the family. Um, it's like saying charity begins at home or Israel first. And then the third way, which is where I come down, is just to accept, accept the story and know there are things about Jesus that we just don't understand and that we never really figure out. I mean, usually Jesus is the one with the clever response. But in this story, it's the woman with the clever response. She says, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the family table. And at this point, Jesus' tired eyes lit up. And I believe he smiled. And he said, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. At that very moment, her daughter was healed. The story encourages me because sometimes it was even hard for Jesus. Sometimes it got even overwhelming for Jesus. So no wonder it's so hard for us. The phone rings. It's the Organization for Disabled Veterans asking for money. And the church is taking up an extra offering for all the people who lost everything they had in Hurricane. St. Jude's just sent an envelope in the mail so you can give money to help children who are fighting cancer. And a sad-eyed man pulls up in the church parking lot and knocks on the office door. And through the door you can see his car parked out there. It's old and beat up and rusty and leaking oil on the pavement. And inside is a woman and children. They're all sad-eyed and tired. And he says, is there anything that the church or you personally can do for us? Because we have nowhere to go. And then the emails come in asking for help with the environment, with battered women, hungry children, human trafficking. <laughs> and it just gets overwhelming. How in the world can we make a difference in all of these things that are legitimate and where people are hurting? And we get overwhelmed. And as Barbara Brown Taylor points out, we, we draw a line to protect ourselves. And, and, and we need that line sometimes. Sometimes we need to just step back and take a break and take a rest. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what Jesus was doing. He stepped back. He was taking a break, getting a little rest, he drew this line. But if we're not careful, 
We become adept at hiding behind that lie. And we can just stay there. We start by just ignoring the needs of those around us. Then we convince ourselves that, you know, charity begins at home, America first. And soon we don't want to help those dogs who have all these needs because, quite frankly, they probably deserve it. They brought it on themselves. What responsibility is it of mine? Just leave us alone. And then one day, by luck or by the grace of God, a woman who looks nothing like us says, it's my child. And we feel a lump in our throat. And we feel this old feeling we haven't felt in a while. It's compassion. And it's love for someone else. And in that moment, we see that her need is greater than our need. And instead of making us angry, to help her brings us joy. And instead of draining us, it revives us to be able to help. And then we're back in the game. <laughs> We've crossed back over the line like Jesus did when he crossed back over to help this woman. We've crossed back over from peace and quiet to helping the people around us. Now, we all need a little peace and quiet sometime. We all need a little rest. We all need to withdraw behind the line at times. The problem is once we draw the line, we tend to stay behind it. And we don't want to come out again. And I think what Jesus was showing us is that it's okay to draw a line and step back on occasion. But then we need to always be willing to step back over. To not stay there. Because sooner or later, we have to decide to move back out and live and act with compassion and love toward those around us. I love this story. Because this woman caught Jesus on a bad day. And still he loved her. It is my prayer that the same can be said of you and me. Amen.